This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. What we're seeing in Memphis is an atrocity. Chris Finch, not only did you leave Carl Anthony Towns in the game one in foul trouble where he only played 24 minutes and you left him in the game with three fouls where he got his fourth in the, in the first half. What are we doing? And then you blow a 21-point lead. They go on a 21-0 run the following couple games later. You don't call a timeout. And then last night, entering the fourth, you're up by 12. You can't hold on to the lead. So I agree with what you're saying, Russo, to a degree, that Minnesota should be up in this series. Uh, Jay Will. What are you, Sean? Jay Will going on Chris Finch, enjoying the ball game last night. Just getting a, getting a drive-by <laughs> from Jay Will while he's trying to enjoy the Twins game. <laughs> Jay Will is 100% spot on. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday, by the way. Jay. Reckless Speculation. It's draft day. It's Reckless yeah. Speculation Thursday to all who celebrate. It's a great day. So it's a wonderful day. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I saw, well, yeah, you tweeted the photo of Finchie at the game last night. I was trying to figure out who he was with, but yeah, he was in the Champions Club. Wow. I'll be over at practice in about he's not, he's not 90 committed. minutes. I'll ask him how that experience was, but he's not committed. Jay will he should be in the film room. Why is he at a Twins game? Oh. Is spot on. You think about it. The Wolves led for most of Game One, most of Game Three, mm-hmm. most of Game Four, most of Game Five. Right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you wanted to play that game out, the series should be over at this point. They've won two games, and then in the other games, they've had a twenty-six point lead and a thirteen-point fourth quarter lead. And they're losing in the series going into game six. Yeah, it was what, 92 78 or 91 78, nine and a half minutes to go. It was 11 with 6.45 to go. Dylan Brooks finally makes a three in game five. Couldn't make a shot all night. Makes a three to make it 99 91. I painfully, until about 2 a.m. the other night, as I was trying to catch up on Better Call Saul, I went back. DVR'd the game. I went back and watched every Wolves possession after the Brooks three made it 99-91. I disagree with Finchie, who said post game this loss was all about rebounding. Sure. Was that some of it? Yes. Memphis eight offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter. Brandon Clark alone. Seven. Seven mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. By the way, going back a few years, Gerson Rosa thought his arms were too short. That might be something we get to with Maybe some of these guys that might go 12 or might not go 12, or if the Vikings move backwards tonight, that Brandon Clark had too short of arms. Zarko Durasich, who's now back in the Wolves' front office, he was on the Clark bandwagon Hmm. a few years ago at pick 11. That was before the Wolves jumped Mm -hmm. up, grabbed Jarrett Culver, but his voice wasn't quite loud enough. But back to game five, where I disagree with Finchie, yes, rebounding was part of it, but go back and watch every Wolves possession, offensive possession, from the point after Brooks made that three. Lots of hero ball. Yep. Lots of Anthony Edwards mm-hmm. holding the ball eight, nine, ten seconds. We think about with 20 seconds left, the horrendous decision by D'Angelo Russell. No timeout, although Finchie, I guess keeping that timeout, drew up the great play that resulted yeah. in the Ant three yep. to tie the game. You know, but even the decision to have Edwards guarding Ja last possession, Anthony Edwards had five fouls. So I don't know what Edwards was thinking, gambling for the steal. Like, what if he commits a foul? The game goes to overtime. No Anthony Edwards in overtime. But I just, I don't think it was all rebounding. 
There were so many horrendous possessions after that Brooks three. Well, let's let let me zoom out because there's so many things here, and we, and we want your take on all of them. But let's zoom out to thirty thousand feet. If you were to tell me before the season, all right, they're going to win forty six games. They're going to beat the Clippers in a play-in game, and then they're going to go at least six games against Memphis, and we don't know what's going to happen now. I actually think there's a decent chance they win game six, but we'll see what happens. Take it or you don't know. You don't know how the the first five games played out, but you know that they're going to win 46 games, beat the Clippers in a play-in, and then they're going to be the seven seed, and they're going to go to at least a six game against Memphis. I would say, yes, sign me up. Absolutely Success. sign me up. But then when yes. you watch the first five games, and I think the Wolves have every bit the talent, if not more, than Memphis has, but they keep firing rounds of bullets into their feet in these games, the way that the series is playing out is really disappointing from all the angles that you just mentioned. So I guess my question to you is, how are you sort of digesting how this has played out now that you know how these five games have have looked aesthetically so far? It's both. It's already a successful season, in my Mm -hmm. mind. When you win 46 when you win that playing game, when you take the second best team, at least in the regular season, right? The second is Memphis, the second best team in the league. No, but in the regular season, they were better than any team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Second best team in the league. You take them to at least six games. I'm with you, by the way. I'm planning as if the Wolves win tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. I just told you off, Mike. I'll be in Memphis for Channel 5 for my TV duties. I am planning as if I will be in Memphis. On Sunday, it's going to be John Morant's dad, Usher, and Doogie, Doogie. all dressed alike, <laughs> just in the in the front row. Welcome it's going to be great. <laughs> that was epic the other night. Usher next to T it's Morant. It's hilarious. They, they wore the same sunglasses. They, they wore the same shirt. It's amazing. T Morant is fantastic. W- watching him during games is so much fun. Yeah, that guy is loving life, man. Trash He's got Fox fans. It's just great. Well, so yeah, so I'm at Game Four on Saturday night, and where my media seat was was right off the court, but more to the left. Not, well, if you've ever been to Target Center, by the Lexus Club entrance. So T. Morant went back there a couple times. There were fans shouting stuff at him, but then a couple (laughs) wanted to take some photos with them. He was fully engaged. Super entertaining guy. But yeah, I'm planning as if I will be in Memphis for a 2.30 game on Sunday. I did get an email from our programming people here at KSTP. It will be a 2.30 game on Sunday. If you missed it, 8 o'clock start time tomorrow night, Target Center for Game 6. But 2.30 By the way, Sunday, ABC. So last night, you know, I had a couple surlies last night, not going to lie. All um, right, well, while you cue that up, no, let me on. finish your inquiry. Hold on, hold so, on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. No, this right. is a quick right. aside. It's a quick aside. So Judd, Judd sends a text oh, last night great, at 11.36 yeah. p.m. And, it, and Judd's text just said, and I had gone to bed at this point, but Judd's text says 8 p.m. Friday. And I remember like waking up at like midnight or something. And I remember looking at the text and I was like, okay, the previous texts were about whether, what time are we going to do chip this week on you know, like a chip at noon this time and, and whatever. And then Judd says 8 p.m. Friday. And I thought, oh, chip's going to join us at 8 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> and I just went back to bed and then I woke up, you know, in the morning. Oh, he meant the Wolves game time on. Friday. I love that you have your cell phone like right next to your bed on it's the night on my forehead. While You're Jake Glazer. You're Adam Schefter. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, my, mine's next to my bed every night. <laughs> mine's always by me. Yeah, it's got to be by me. Well, mine is my alarm too. Yeah, so I guess same. you could okay, say, put, you know, put the, right. some people put the alarm in a place where you have to get up physically and that's go. That's a load of crap. No, I don't no, understand I why I can't that's do that. BS. <laughs> No, that's a fair comeback. So anyway, so to finish your inquiry to me, so already a successful season, but when you are the only team in NBA history to blow two fourth quarter double digit leads in the same series, how do we ignore that? You can't. We don't. And it's a reminder, this roster is still not complete. No. Like, is D'Angelo Russell here next year? He no. is contractually, but one year left. That's a nice. That's a nice little expiring for someone, though. Yes. Well, who's making the decisions? I can tell you, Sachin Gupta will be in the mix, but he has to win Alex, Mark, Glenn over. Mm-hmm. This is not promised to him. I still hear the Elton Brand team, number two guy in Philadelphia. Could they bring in a more dynamic personality? Clearly, Gupta has a lot of really good traits, right? But personality is not one of them. He's not yep. omnipresent. 
He's hey, not Doogie. front and center. He doesn't like that role. Yes. Dukes, here's what I here's what I like, and here's where this franchise is about to change. And so like I I think that the season is a success, but I think the most important thing is we are learning a lot right now. Because these are high stress, high intensity games where where you really get to see personalities and faults. And let me give you the personality thing that I see that I think and Phil is gonna love this one. And I don't and I, I have not broached this previously but i've seen it now and i think you saw it as well um and this is where gupta might be in trouble watching alex rodriguez and mark laurie react in games and when things go well and probably more importantly when they don't go well you know glenn's been sitting in that seat for a long time across court and Glenn never really changes. Like his frustration, you might be like, oh, I think Glenn's smirking. That must mean he's upset. Or, oh, Glenn's smirking. Maybe he's happy. Alex Rodriguez, during the course of the great meltdown of Game 3, walked out. He just walked out. He was red. Mark Laurie lives and dies with this team right now. I'm just telling you, things are about to change. And this might be good. It might be bad. But it's going to be a shift. Because decisions are going to be made based far more on, I really like Sachan. He might come to our house for a piece of pie. Um, Potato this salad. Is, oh, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Lasagna. My point, yeah. is really, my, yeah. my point is we are now Becky's going to Becky's lasagna. Yeah, Becky, Glenn, I don't give a damn. The point is we're about to see, I think, decisions made basically on how people feel about the team. Not a decision that would translate to, well, this is what, what I did at my paper company, so I guess it'll work for the, the Wolves. And I think that's really going to be an interesting dynamic because it's going to be very different. One thought on D'Lo here, because I, I agree. I, I don't I don't think you just run it all back. You definitely need another big. You need some rebounding. But you know, and whether it's A-Rod or Lori having influence, I think D'Lo had a great season compared to some of the other seasons in his young career. But the one thing he lacks, especially in crunch time, is self-awareness. He thinks he is Kobe Bryant with 15 seconds to go. And everyone needs to, regardless of how the game has flowed to this point, regardless of the fact that I've scored 12 points or fewer in four of the five games, and I'm shooting 32% in the series, and Cat is white hot in the fourth quarter, it is my turn to take a contested fadeaway two-point jumper with 15 seconds to go. Because I think I'm Kobe Bryant. Dude, your job in that spot is to find someone else an open look by facilitating the offense. If the ball then swings back to you and you're open, cool, take the shot. Why are you forcing that shot? You led, not you, the team led the led the NBA in offensive you know points per game this season, not because of hero ball, because of ball movement. So for like for him to do that late in these games, it just shows such a almost like a checkmate lack of self awareness for me. I can't justify giving him $30 million a year or more on another max contract of some kind. So You can't pay him $30 million or more no. on an extension. Let's not forget, let's go back to September, media day. All the craziness of that particular day, that was, what, like 24 hours after the Rosa stuff happened, or maybe it was even less than that, but it was craziness at the end of September. Mm-hmm. So this was lost somewhat in the shuffle, but when D'Lo met with us at media day, he made a comment, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but alluded to this being a contract year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what do you mean? You're under contract for the 22-23 season. What do you mean this is a contract year? Well, because he is extension eligible this summer. So he always viewed this as a contract year because he fully expects a contract extension this summer. You yeah. cannot pay him the money he is seeking. now. For the most part, during the regular season, he was their best clutch player. But the way he has played in this series, and he was unbelievable against Memphis in the regular season, but guess what? Dylan Brooks missed all those games. Dylan Brooks is a good defender, all right? He's been pretty much a no-show for the most part in this series, right? He's had Mm -hmm. glimpses, was okay, specifically, what, game three or game four early? But for the most part, he hasn't been good, right? But, like, when we know... Like, as you're watching game five, the clock's ticking down. He's dribbling it. Like, I'm screaming at the TV, Finchie, call a timeout. Finchie. You need to. You can't let D'Lo dribble, 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 then take that fall away shot. 
And so you're Dude, right. No self-awareness. No self-awareness. By the way, so he has played 10 playoff games in his career because he played the, there's a five game series three years ago with Brooklyn. Brooklyn had that pop-up season and he was very good that season, but he's played 10 playoff games. He shoots 35% in the playoffs. I'm sorry, 34%. He shoots 34% in the playoffs. In 10, now, 10 games, is it the biggest sample? No, but dude, 10 playoff games, you're shooting 34%. Why are you taking that shot? Lack of self-awareness. Imagine the team. I was texting with a buddy who, he work, he works in radio in a different market, but loves the NBA. Um, and and he and he was just ripping D-Lo to me via text. How can you put up with this as a Wolves fan? I'm like, I don't. I don't put up with this as a Wolves fan. But he said, you know, Jalen Brunson's a free agent. You know, imagine, I don't know how you'd make it work financially, but imagine, and again, how you'd make this work, I don't know. But imagine a guy like Jalen Brunson and what he's done with the Mavericks or somebody that fits more into a team scheme and doesn't shoot 34% and keep firing shots in those moments. What could, what else could you do with $31 million, I guess, to make this team better than than where it could go with D'Lo and his lack of self Well, I mean, you'd have to take back money, though, in any trade. Mm-hmm. So do you look at the possibility of bringing in a different guard that maybe has multiple years left? So maybe there's some team out there that says, you know what? We'll live with D'Lo one year. We'll give you this guy, this contract. He's got multiple years left. So in that instance, the Wolves don't then have the cap space to make a move on Jalen Brunson. Plus, I think about his dad's history here. You know, that's yeah. interesting. I know that yeah. doesn't have a lot to do with no, Jalen, right. but I think yeah. about that mm-hmm. when you bring up the name Jalen Brunson. Heck, I'd love to see Tyus back here. He's evolved quite a bit. He's become kind of a sniper shooter now. Now Memphis wants to keep him. And, heck, Detroit needs a point guard. So, I mean, is Jalen Brunson for sure going to Detroit? Detroit has cap space. Maybe that's the logical move. But, like, to your point, let's say it was, so forget about replacing D'Lo one for one, right? And again, how you'd make this work, I don't know. But if it was, you get rid of D'Lo, and Tyus Jones comes in, but then you also have money for a big man that can help you rebound, and you know when Cat gets into foul trouble, you're not just leaning on, you know, I guess, small forwards to pick up the rebounding slack, right? Well, I mean, how can and you that's one knock on Gupta, by the way. If we want to go back to the trade deadline, as this series now has played out, a lot of us said, hey, you needed to do something. Now, I wasn't on board with trading Beasley for Josh Richardson and Aaron Neesmith to Boston. But, like, why couldn't you complete that Montrezl Harrell trade? Yeah. You know, Washington sent him to Charlotte. What fell through last second? At one point, I'm telling you, I said this at the time on a scoop session, but I'll reiterate it now. Like, at one point, the Wolves thought they were really making legit progress to bring in Montrezl Harrell. Now, heck, do they win game five if Montrezl Harrell is here? We can debate that. Maybe they don't. But... Gupta didn't do anything at the deadline. Yeah, is he gonna is he is he gonna get a full time president of basketball operations job by just not playing a hand of poker? He's just he's sitting at the well, poker table. But here's the comeback: there's sanity there. Heck, they're holding hands singing "Kumbaya." There's been so much drama at Mayo Clinic Square going back yeah. so many years. Yeah, that's true. It's drama free. He has a lot to do with that. I think the Beverly extension, not having to pay him two years out, getting him at one year, maybe he had to go a little bit higher at $13 million, but I think that was a good move. I think bringing back Greg Monroe was a good move, but I thought Greg Monroe, like maybe Greg Monroe should have played a little bit in game five or somewhere in this series. He played a minute in one of the games, I think. Yeah. So, so part of the problem here, too, though. But I yeah, think- I mean, there's not a whole lot to base. Like, you know, you look at the moves that Gupta's made. There's not a whole lot there, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. hard to really evaluate him. Yeah. So He's a good you, dude, though. I'll tell you that much. Really good dude. I think part of the problem that we've seen arise, though, is it's not necessarily just the, the defeats. Those hurt. But it's also what we've learned about people as well. Um, on Finch, he's not as good in-game as I thought he was going to to be. Like, I think that he is a good offensive mind, and I think he does, and I like his personality. Uh, but there definitely have been pressure points in this series where, where he has pulled some Zim-like moves of questionable non-timeouts, things like that. The other thing is, and I'm wondering about this one, is when it comes to Carl. Like, who is the real Carl going to be in crunch time? Because, like... We, we have seen the array of possibilities in these five games thus far. We've seen 
terrible Carl. We've seen petulant Carl. We've seen good Carl. And and at some point in time, he's going to be at an age where we can't say, well, he's still inexperienced in playoffs or he's still young. Like at some point no. in time, we've he's got to pick prime. a path. Yeah, we've got to pick a path here. Yeah, so, well, so I mean, this is year seven. Most, right. The time is the, now. That's the most interesting thing about this playoff to me, though, is what are we learning about people so that as this progresses now, next time around, it can be far far more honed because that's what we have not seen consistency well i mean on carl you give him that super max this summer undoubtedly he is making an all nba team i was talking to windy the other day brian winhorst he voted for cat on his second team he's convinced and he's friends with many of the voters Cat is making one of these all NBA teams. I don't know if it's the first. Well, he won't be on the first no, team, but he'll be second or third. Second or third team. He's making one. It doesn't matter which one. He can make the third team, and he is super max eligible. So undoubtedly, you are going to give Cat that super max this summer. You can mm-hmm. come to some sort of conclusion, Judd, later on. It could be year eight, year nine. You can always trade Cat. You know, barring some sort of catastrophic injury, you can move him even at super max money. You could trade Carl Anthony Towns if you had to in a year or two. So I think in that regard, it's status quo. I think D'Lo is the elephant in the room. That is the big question to answer. Do you want D'Lo here next year? Let's not forget, that was Gerson's guy. Like, I'm not convinced that was ever Gupta's guy or anybody else in the front office. That was Gerson's guy. So that, to me, is the elephant in the room. What happens with D'Angelo Russell? You know, one thing to put into context with Cat here, too, and he is a unicorn of a talent, but he has a 10 cent maturity side of his brain more often than not. And it gets him into trouble in these games. It gets him into trouble emotionally with refs, everything. But for people that still say, well, you know, it's it, but it's a learning experience and he's young and this and that. Cat is one year younger right now than KG was in the 2003-2004 season. when And what did people think about KG by 2003? Now, he, of course, KG had gone to the playoffs like six times or whatever, seven times. But KG was dragging, I would argue, in some ways even like worse collections of talent in some of those years. His sidekicks were like Terrell Brandon, Wally Zerbiak, Anthony Peeler up until that 03-04 season. Well, yeah, I mean, up until 03-04. It's, it's, it's not I like think lesser talent Russell. for sure. Yeah. And so what did we think? Age 26, age 27 KG, we thought, boy, this guy's battle tested, right? He's It's his time to break through. So I don't want to use youth or inexperience as an excuse here. Dude, you've been in the league for seven years, and yeah, you don't have the playoff experience. The KG does. Some of that's your fault because you haven't been able to rise up and, and play the defense that KG plays. Is that an unfair comparison, though? Oh, of course, because KG is one of the greatest players of all time. He's but in the, a different but, stratosphere. But, that's the, but like to me... That is sort of the bar that we know. I'm not saying that he has to be KG at some point. I'm just saying you can't say, oh, he's inexperienced and he needs to go through this. No, it is time right now. Go put your fingerprint on a game six win at home and see what happens in game seven. That's what I'm saying here. I don't think I don't think it's enough to say, well, let's just pat these guys on the head and say good try and uh, maybe get some more experience next year. You know, it's it's you're 26, 27 years old. You're being paid thirty five million dollars a year. Let's do it. Go That's fair. It. Go, I mean, go win a game six at home. On the experience part of things, how experienced is Memphis? Not very. They're not. Right? Their what, superstars are younger than the Wolves superstars, yeah. right? John Morant doesn't have more experience than than Cat in the playoffs or D'Lo in the playoffs, right? Yet they make these two monster comebacks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Here's the thing. It's frustrating. This guy, Cat. Needs to grow up because this guy, KG, did. Like, well, so they've been in contact. Mm-hmm. That's the you know, thing. they still have a relationship, yep. and they've talked in the playoffs, oh, right, right or before the playoffs? Right now. Bobbleheads. What do you think right KG here. is saying to Cat? What do you think KG is saying to Cat? Here. No, Cat has a – so Cat has not posted bleep, on bleep, social media. Bleep, bleep, well, yeah. bleep, yep. bleep. But Cat has, bleep. Cat's logged off social media, so he's definitely, you know, somewhat focused. So that's good. But, the thing with Cat that drives us all, I think, crazy is this. Because KG melted down, too, but he did it constructively because he was pissed off, and we like that. That's called fire. 
I think the thing that drives you nuts as a sports fan and watching Cat is to have that immense talent and to whine and pout and cry as much as Cat does in game. I think that's what drives you nuts. I think if Cat showed fire consistently, we we would all say, "Oh, look at him! He's harnessing the anger. That's or, or he's trying to do. You know, he's trying to use it constructively." But when you get up, you know, again, the the, the mic. I think it was in the third quarter in Game Five, picked it up. Carl was doing something he got hit he of course falls down because he loves to demonstrate he got hit and you can hear him shriek that's a foul dude it's a playoff game get up get down the floor and go get the ball back you know that's a foul now i would have had more respect if he said that's an mfly foul what I would that's have ridiculous. More, I would have had more respect if he had so said if he that swears, you respect it. But if he if he doesn't, he's a Jeff already started pounding you know the surlies. I don't respect the fifth grade. That's a foul. Call the foul. well. No, I think what's I think what's happening is he is he is the basketball player that cried wolf, pun intended. Yes, you know, like how many times can these human being referees be berated by a player that's never won anything? Like you want to talk about lack of self awareness, dude. I get that you might be getting screwed on some of these calls. And I, I th- actually think Anthony Edwards gets screwed on more calls than Cat does. Because he, how often does he get called, like, getting smoked in the paint when he goes up for a layup? He never gets calls. Get up. Go play. You. It sounds stupid, and I, I wish it wasn't this way. But in some ways, like, you, you earn your credibility and earn your trip to the free throw line by showing a little bit more respect to those officials. And again, should it be that way? Probably not. But they're human beings. And you have to, you have to work the system. Now, let me give you another comeback. Luka Doncic in Dallas complained to the referees more than Cat. It's true. Now, he's won at a slightly higher level, but not significantly higher level than Cat. Yet, we don't hear a lot of chatter about that. Yeah, but I, he's I also just like, too. I think Luka, though, so Luka, he's better than Cat. He's a better player than Cat. And there's something... There's just something very alpha about his personality that translates to late in games. Like he can still be complaining to officials, but not completely lose his cool and get fouled out of a game or get taken out of a game. Right. So I, he he almost has the ability to compartmentalize bitching at refs, but still dominating a game. Cat gets so caught up in all these external things that are and now the last two games he's been much better and he's been able to play through some of it and he's and he's bounced back very nicely from game 3 but he gets taken out of games mentally so easily and like the clipper strategy in the playing game you could see that from 2 weeks away right they're going to run double teams at him they're going to get physical with him they're going to get him into foul trouble he's going to freak out and that's exactly what happened well don't you think that's what we see tomorrow night like late in game five, mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks was guarding Cat. Does Memphis continue to go small? Yeah. And get him out. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think that's what we may well, see tomorrow night. about this, too. I know that they ultimately lost the game either way, but he was this close for the YouTube audience to a fourth foul with like nine minutes to go in the third quarter because he lowered his shoulder. And I, I thought it was a charge. I was, I, I oh, thought it was a charge, like, oh, too. Wow, they're overturning this. This is yeah. great. The, the refs love the Wolves. Crazy. And that's a but, credit to Finchie, Judley, in-game. Yeah, he's been yeah. okay with his challenges, mm-hmm. at least recently. His challenges have been his timeouts. And he's still been... a really good coach when it comes to yeah. drawing up plays out of timeouts. I mean, I get it. Yeah. There's a million ways to evaluate a coach in-game. But he, he, there are some strong characteristics there. The, the Ant 3 and that play and that pass from J-Mac were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That was a great play. That That was... On on Luca though, here's my thing. I would tell him to cool it too. I don't think it helps. I I don't think the constant whining, moaning, and complaining, and the woe is me. Yeah. At at least with Pat Bev, he complains, but he goes and addresses it. It's not this cat's thing is and and Luca passive aggressive the same thing, and it drives me nuts though. They are putting on a show for the cameras and the fans, like the flailing of the arms. The how could you not call that? If you got a problem with it, go talk to the official at least. Yeah. Don't make it so that, oh, look, Carl's getting screwed. And then the fans started with ref, you suck, which is a stupid chant. And then the whole thing is, you know, these people are human. The refs get their backs up about this because they because it's just a it's a theatrical show. Yeah, Stop you got to work the system.
You got to work this out. I will be curious, 8 a.m. tomorrow morning, to find out who is officiating tomorrow night's game. Looking at the officials for tonight, I don't see Scott Foster listed. Give me Ed Malloy. I don't see Ed Malloy Malloy listed. Come on. You know what? Do we get at least one of those tomorrow night, Malloy or Foster? I don't think think we've gotten Ed since the play-in game. So my guess is we get a heat. Well, that really wasn't that long ago, but you're right. No, but I'm I'm saying five games of this. Series, no Ed. And the league loves Ed. No Ed. No I Ed. Need some Ed. I need some I Ed. Need Ed. I'm just telling you, I would not be shocked if we have one Everybody of those Ed. guys here Ed. tomorrow. What does everybody want? Ed. Ed. Ed, you're great. Ed, you're great. All right, Doogie, give us uh, give us some rapid fire scoops here. It can be anything. If you got Viking stuff, the draft is tonight. You know. Yeah, so I told Judd on Tuesday that my strong sense going back many days, I mentioned it on a scoop podcast, my own podcast, going back a week, two weeks, that Derek Stingley Jr. is unlikely to be on the board at pick 12, the cornerback from LSU. But I told Judd, somebody I trust greatly in the league, texted me and said, I actually think Stingley Jr. is going to be there. Hmm. Who is going to take him above 12? Well, guess what? The update. That individual texted me this morning. You are right. So Derek Stingley Jr. is not going to be there at 12. But he, might go, dude, he might go three. Do I think if he somehow is there at 12 that the Vikings sprint to the podium? Yes. They have the book on him. I am positive. Like, I feel pretty confident about that. There's not a whole lot to be confident about. Like, in years past, Phil, we knew Garrett Bradbury. We knew Jeff Gladney. We knew last year offensive linemen. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily Derisaw. We thought maybe the USC kid. But there was a strong sense, offensive lineman. We just don't know. But based on Quasey's history in Cleveland, Andrew Barry drafting all these young guys, like I think we can cross, for example, Jermaine Johnson II, Eden Prairie High School's own, off the list. He's 23 or 24. Boye Mafe, the former gopher, 24 years old. Now maybe some of these bets are off if the Vikings move back into the 20s. Let's say they go 12 to 20. Or heck, 12 to 29. Some of these bets are off. But like, I think it makes logical sense that they go with a young player mm-hmm. at 12. Kyle Hamilton, does he get to 12? I guess I will be surprised if he gets to 12 and they pass on him. Mm-hmm. Even though it's not a position of need. But he's got some hybrid to him. He's not just your traditional safety. But yeah, I'm fascinated to see what takes place. I caught up with Jordan Reed. I think somebody we all know who's mm-hmm. now on ESPN. Great guy. Great information. His point of McDuffie is the short arms. Goes back to Brandon Clark. That you look at Quasey, the analytical background, history in Cleveland, that even though a lot of these mocks have McDuffie, the cornerback from Washington, landing here, that he doesn't have those 30-inch arms that you like with a cornerback. But can I see them going cornerback in the first round? I can. Maybe it's the Clemson kid. Maybe it's the Florida kid. After you move back, Judd did ask me at the end of our podcast on Tuesday. All right, Dukes, go on the record with a prediction. I said, you know what? I think they ultimately find a trade partner that they move backwards. But I'm not even necessarily ruling up, uh, ruling out a, a move up. There's been some dialogue. I want a mock. Does Gardner mock. fall? Does Stingley fall a little bit where they move up? Walker, uh, the defensive end from from Georgia. You know, can they get up to six? Can they get up to eight? I have been told, as of now, no dialogue with Seattle at nine. But they have talked to the Jets, who have picked ten. You know, Kayvon Thibodeau fell in one of those. We did the the Kuiper McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, uh, Mount Rushmore of final mocks this morning on Purple Daily. I I I can't remember which one it was, but one of them had Kayvon Thibodeau falling to the Vikings. So, so if if it let's say Kayvon Thibodeau falls. And let's say there's a run on receivers or a couple quarterbacks or something, and some of these other players fall. If it's you, let's say Kayvon is there, Kyle Hamilton is there. I don't think there's a scenario where those guys and Stingley would be there, but let's say it's, you know, let's say it's like, you know, Kayvon or Kyle Hamilton. Are you taking the edge? Are you taking the safety? I'm taking the safety. Okay. I think his floor is pretty high, I think his ceiling is incredibly high. Yeah. Character A-plus is my understanding. He just, he checks so many boxes. Maybe the safest player in this draft. Safer than any of these offensive linemen. Safer than even Hutchinson. 
that Kyle Hamilton is the safest pick. 21 years old. Go back and watch the Notre Dame-Florida State game from early September. That, And I won't claim to be an expert, but you know, talking to Rick Spielman, who was at that Florida State-Notre Dame game, yeah. who's got his friends in South Bend. We know how much he loved to draft Notre Dame guys. So Spielman on down, I've heard from too many people, Kyle Hamilton, incredibly safe pick. Yeah. So I think I would go with the safe pick, the kid that's got a chance to be a superstar. Love it. And not that the Oregon kid doesn't, but that there's a, a safer bet on on the Notre Dame kid becoming a superstar. Great stuff, Doogie. Great stuff. Reckless speculation. Go for basketball. They have three scholarships now to use. Abdullah Theum enters the portal yesterday. The deadline to enter the portal is May 1st, so this weekend. So there is a player on the Gophers that finally entered the portal. Do not look for Ben Johnson to use all three scholarships, but he is on the lookout for a starting two guard. Okay, They have their starting point guard in Cooper. They have their starting front court, Battle, Fox, Garcia. They need a starting two. That is the number one goal right now. Boom. All right, there he is. Inside information about your favorite Minnesota sports teams, Darren Doogie Wolfson, 5 Eyewitness News, and the Scoop Podcast. Happy draft day, Dukes. Happy draft Enjoy day. Enjoy tonight. Yes. And uh, hopefully the Wolves can get you a little trip to Memphis for some Memphis barbecue. Yeah, I don't weekend. know. Droogie's got baseball. I'm stuck Droogie in like the middle. Memphis. Like It would be a great trip. There's a part of me that says it's such a cluster bleep that... Could you set up a little camera, you know, like, could you just, like, a little, like behind the, go, the home I'll plate go. fence? <laughs> no, Judd, yeah. no, Judd, we're going to need you to coach no, uh, Droogie's baseball team, yeah. actually. You know what, then? We're bunting. We're going to steal bases. We're going and we're back squatting. To double yeah. switches. We're squatting. Some double switches. No leg out. It should be you. <laughs> Big time <laughs> shifting. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. Happy draft day. Enjoy. Right. That's uh, Darren Doogie Wilson. All right, we're going to... Speculation. By the way, all of that speculation presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, uh, they are preaching Safe Driving Awareness Month, which should really be every month, but especially in April. Uh, Distracted Driving Awareness Month is upon us. So your friends at Federated ask to please make it home safely today. It's the one thing we can control is just like paying attention on the roads, making sure that you're not uh, you know, mainlining Twitter while you're driving. Just be safe. You can find out more about how to be a better driver at federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, let's take a pause here. We got to talk about the hottest team in the Twin Cities and a little old tweets exposed action. Mackie and Judge. are fairly routine. Some of them weren't, um, and we finished them. We finished the plays off. Um, and it's funny, when you shrink those innings up and you just, you know, you finish plays that aren't, aren't maybe the easiest, and sometimes you, you know you see them get made in this league. Sometimes they don't, but when you do make them, I mean the game uh, plays itself, and and you know it does shorten up on you, and it allows your pitchers to stay out there and keep throwing. Uh, it all works together and complements itself, and it was a, it was a good day all around for us. Yeah, you damn right it was. That's right. That's right. I just got a uh, email and bank notification that my uh, that my uh, uh, next month of season pay, uh, uh, tickets just went through my my payment. I'm on a monthly payment plan. Oh, so you can oh, cancel? Oh, th- well, I can't cancel. No, I got to fill it out by the end of the year. But you can do monthly installments instead of like putting all the money up front. You like, pay, did it make you pay interest on no that? No interest. Okay, zero percent interest. Declan still has money in the bank account, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I did, have to, I did have to eat the last ticket on Tuesday because no one wanted to buy it from me. Yeah, which, uh, you're gonna have a hard time it. with that. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. But, yeah, that's gonna um, be tough. That might be tough even in July. But I'll tell you what makes it maybe a little bit uh, easier to sell those tickets if the Twins keep playing this way. Hey, Dex, I got a suggestion mm-hmm. because I think you are in a position of power here. Like, well, yeah. like they're looking for fans. Attendance, not great. Weather sucks. Here's what I would do today. I would call my ticket rep and say, let's work a deal here. Okay. I want the Joe Ryan starts. <laughs> Joe <laughs> Ryan starts are great. They're quick. He's fun to watch. Yeah. I'm just telling you right now, the Joe Ryan ticket package is conducive to a nice, quick baseball. <laughs> the Joe Ryan Express. Yeah. I think Joe Ryan and I would indulge in the same type of lifestyle choice. I'd like to be friends with Joe Ryan. I don't like to be friends with all the players. That's not really my thing as a member of uh, of, of the media and as a radio What person. kind of lifestyle choices does he make? You know, I, he, he likes Grateful Dead. I think he probably okay. likes, you know, to, to hang out and just live his life, kind of like I like to do so when he, I'm not on the He's clock. kind of an old soul if he likes Grateful yeah. Dead. Yeah, Grateful Dead, you know. 
You can you can always trust an old soul in sports because they're not you know they're just they're comfortable right they're confident they're comfortable. Joe, speaking of confident and comfortable, Joe Ryan has made four starts for the Twins so far. He's three and one. If you care about pitcher win loss records, he's allowed three runs in four starts so far to start the season. Almost as good as Dylan Bundy has been pitching for the Twins, Judd. It's nice if you're Joe Ryan to be the Twins' number rock solid number two starter. On the squad, oh, okay. That's right. but That's he fantastic. he has uh, he's made nine starts in his major league career, all with the Twins since the call up. What in late August or early September? And mm-hmm. uh, this dude has in his first nine major league starts a two point seven two earned run average. He's averaging ten strikeouts per nine innings and has a walks and hits per innings pitched of point seven five. Bonafide ace material, Joe Ryan. Is it yep. too early to say that? Here's the thing where I will where I would say that it might not be. That's right. I said it might not be. When you watch this guy pitch, his demeanor on the mound screams I've got this in calmness. Like the one thing the one thing to the last day here and it improved a lot, but you know, there were Barrios starts where if it got away, you you were like, oh boy, here we go. And Barrios would sort of lose it a little bit and, and he didn't have that calm. Um, now, he was a really good pitcher, but I think when, when we talked about him being a true ace or not, it sort of came back at times to wiring and mentality. Joe Ryan, to Dex's point about his lifestyle and about how he does things. He's got a calmness, and it never seems, at least to date, now that this could change, especially with playoffs, hopefully soon, but um, it never seems like the moment is going to swallow Joe Ryan up. And I think that's an incredibly important thing to have because guys who don't, I think it's very hard to to be, be like, okay, things are going wrong, but I'm calm. I think it's just something you sort of have or you don't have, and Joe Ryan seems to have it. Yeah, he also... He comes from the Rays pitching pipeline, and we all know, we don't have to pile on here on this episode, but the Twins pitching pipeline has produced a lot of underachievers and disappointments. You know, Falvey and Levine have been around for, what, five or six seasons now, and they just, they, in terms of guys that the Twins have either signed or drafted as young players, they haven't had a lot of success stories pop up through their own system. The Rays have just been a factory, because they have to be. The Rays are one of the f- three to five lowest payroll teams in baseball for 20-plus years. So they have no. They're not going to sign big free agent. They're, they don't. They don't even have the ability to sign Carlos Correa to like a one year contract, right? It's like they have to develop pitching from within, and they do it. Mm-hmm. They churn these guys out, and then they trade them before they hit free agency, and they do it again. And it's their it, it's their currency in Tampa Bay. So I think the fact that he came up through that pipeline and whatever smoke and mirrors they use to turn seventh round draft picks like Joe Ryan into number one starters, you know, he it's kind of a cheat code. If you can go and play, you know, if you can't develop your own pitching, then go look at the five teams that are doing it the best and just try and pluck someone from Double A in a trade for you know two months of Nelson Cruz. This was this was a brilliant trade. So the oh tw- the God. Twins and the and the Rays are kind of at a point as a franchise where it looks like they're a little bit more willing to trade a top prospect for a rented player because they've come close to winning a World Series a couple times and they you know they'd love to finish it off. And so they wind up trading. What two months of I guess three months of Nelson Cruz at age forty, and you and you weren't gonna, you know, you were already out of contention anyway. So you know he didn't he didn't mean anything to your franchise for a potential number one starter who's six years of team control. For, for all the bad Absolutely moves that genius. that front office made for two years, this looks like an absolute fleecing for Derek Falvey and company. So I I think this guy was far more of a wild card when Cleveland obtained him when Falvey was there. But this feels like in some ways uh, comparable to the Corey Kluber trade that Cleveland made with the Padres because that landed them their their guy. And again, it was uh, Joe, in, in his case, I think was far more along and close to being in the big leagues probably than Corey Kluber was back then. But the point is, Phil, like this gets back to I don't think we're going to be critical of how you find your pitching as long as you find it. So, so like if the twins, if, if we thought, well, Falvey's going to come here and he's going to draft guys and it's going to, it's going to be great because they're going to, 
develop them. And that system has certainly not worked out as we thought back then. Okay, that's cool. It's not great. How do you find pitching though? And if you trade of you know, 40-year-old Nelson Cruz for Joe Ryan, okay, that's fine too. But yeah, I, I think that this guy gives you, it's been a long time since I've seen a guy come up with the twins now and have the opportunity that Joe Ryan has and thought to myself, this guy looks like he's got ace material, mm-hmm. like, and he's wired right. Like there's a lot of intangibles that go into being, let, let's say a top eight to 10 starter in the big leagues. Been a long time since I felt this way. Barrios might've been that guy, but again, I'll go back to early in Barrios's career. There were a lot of hiccups if things went wrong. Joe Ryan feels like he's got a lot more control and maturity right now than Barrios did. And so in watching that game last night, and it wasn't just the fact that that Joe Ryan stuff was good. That was a factor. But here's the thing, too. Watch him work. Watch how quick he works. Watch his efficiency. Watch how he keeps the guys behind him involved. Like there's a lot of maturity things that I just absolutely love that scream on days he starts. If things are going poorly, you've got a chance to end that very quickly. Mm -hmm. So to what extent are you guys, especially season ticket holder, Declan Goff, buying into this team right now? Six straight wins. They swept the White Sox. They're now 10 and 8 after a pretty disastrous start. The offense hasn't fully come around. I mean, there's Miguel Sano has five hits this season. One of them probably should have been air on Robbie Grossman, the game winner the other night. But to what extent are you pouring a glass of Twins Kool-Aid here? I have a I have a glass half full of Twins Kool-Aid right now. Um this division is crap. And I think we all kind of knew that going into it. We yes, we thought the White Sox would by far run away with this division. They're off to a pretty poor start. Second through five, we didn't had no idea what was going to shape up, which is why I picked them to potentially be a wild card team. With them now having three wild cards um, in the new playoff format, yeah, I, I still think the Twins can be a playoff team. And and a lot of the things, and we I think we touched on this on on Monday earlier in, on Macking Judd this week is that their offense is barreling up balls; they're just hitting a lot of atom balls. So like you'd like to think that this offense is eventually going to start coming around as a whole, not just Miguel Sano, but Carlos Correa. Max Kepler finally looks like he might be getting hot again. Um, I think once the offense starts coming up, this team's going to be looking pretty damn good. So I think they should be still in the conversation as a playoff team when it's all said and done. I think that's very fair. Yeah, because here's the thing I want to to see. I want to see a larger sample size of games against good teams. Because and, and the division, the division should make you a playoff team based on, on the fact that now what from each league, seven teams are going to qualify for the playoffs and you're going to play approximately 18 to 19 games against the Royals, against the Tigers. The White Sox look like their their karma sucks. Um, but I do want to see like before make, making definitive statements about the pitching. Especially, I want to see this team play outside the division against good good teams. That being said, it feels like there's a lot more there there with this team than there was last year. Um, total guess here, okay? Like this is a total total guess. I'm not like reporting this. I don't know know this, but from watching how this team operates, it feels like. Josh Donaldson might have been to Rocco Baldelli as Randy Moss was to Childress. Uh, Rocco very much likes to allow his players to run things. And I think the combination of guys that, that they, that they tried for the last two years. And by the way, I was on board. So I'm not saying fire people because of this, but it feels like the combination of guys that they've got now probably fit better. And then on top of that, if the starting pitching can be a semblance of this, I mean, it's a different world, right? Yeah. The the offense is so interesting because Correa is going to come around. He's just one of the best professional hitters in, in baseball. He's going to come around. Polanco's off to a little bit of a slow start. I think there's enough track record there. Kepler and Sano are really the two guys. And by the way, uh, can we can we go with this? The thing that Doogie just texted us? Yeah, yeah. Okay, he's he Doogie's hearing it's that Sano tweaked his knee in the rundown on Tuesday. So Interesting. Okay, that's why he's been sort of out of the lineup. 
course. <laughs> but if Sano, so Kepler's showing some signs of life for the first time since 2019 offensively. You know, it's been 20 games or whatever. So that's, but if, if all of a sudden, if Kepler is kind of going back to what he was in 2019, and I'm not a big Sano guy, but he's not going to hit 096 this season. He's going to get hot to some extent. I think the question there is like, even when he's hot and playing at his best, how valuable is he really? He's, he has one tool, it's power. But if, if those two guys are performing more like they were in 2019, then this lineup is ridiculous if everyone stays healthy. Um, on the bullpen side, which is one of the other big question marks after they traded Taylor Rogers, look at the work that Yon Duran's doing so far. Mm-hmm. You know, 15 strikeouts in nine innings, throwing 101 miles an hour, right? You know, veteran Joe Smith is off to a great start. He's just a reliable, longtime reliever. You can add pieces. So, you know, I don't think they are uh, the Dodgers 1 through 28 roster wise, but there's some really interesting pieces here. And it would be nice if they re engage the Oakland A's for Frankie Montas. Yeah. There's got to be one more big move at some point if you really want to be considered as legitimate contenders in the American League. If you're competitive into June and July, you can, you, the one thing that we know that, that, you can do, and it's not necessarily cheap, but it's worth it, is go out and get potential bullpen help, right? Like, that's you can do that. That's possible. That's not going to cost you uh, a ton. It's going to cost you something. But I think if this team starts to hit, which inevitably I think that that they will and should, um, most importantly, if the starting pitching continues down the current path, which would be outstanding, the ability to go out and get bullpen help, I think, exists. And yeah, with with seven teams in the playoffs, this team, if it's playing like it currently is and just starts to, to hit a bit, is going to be, I think, a playoff team. Mm. I don't know if they're going to advance, but they're going to be a playoff team. Mm. They should be. Win a game. Amazing. Shouldn't they? Like, like I'm, I'm not off base there, right? Like, they should be a playoff team. I agree. The, the, the White Sox are going to come back to life at some point, although injuries are a huge problem for them up and down the lineup yeah. and, and pitching staff. Uh, and there's always a surprise team or two in there. It's so early. We're st- I th- you have to spend at least another two or three weeks kind of figuring out what this whole thing looks like. But yeah, I, I always say right around Mother's Day is when you can determine what your baseball team is, Judd. Right around Mother's Day. You know what, though? But but if you get that far, if you get to, to that blessed day, which of course is May eighth this year, then it's going to be too late to get mama present. So here's the thing: Sports Dad is here to tell you what to get your wife or mom right now, and you don't even have to move. You're watching us right now, like if you're at your computer, computer n- nearby. Spiral Light Candles, SpiralLightCandles.com is the place to go online and find your wife or mom a gift. Right now, prices start $14, $14, and orders of $50 or more ship for free. SpiralLightCandles.com. Check that them out. Do it right now. And guess what? Mom's Day shopping's done, and she'll love the gift. SpiralLightCandles.com. Yeah. Golf USA, too. Don't forget Golf USA with their big sale over this weekend. They're locally owned and managed around the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. The best deals on over 10,000 items. Yeah, 10,000 items, new and used, 50% off grip selection, a huge selection of clothing and shoes with some of the best savings you will see all year. Go check them out. Golf USA on the corner of Prairie Center and Flying Cloud Drive. All right, every Thursday, Declan goes into the Internet Archives and finds old tweets incriminating tweets we've got a decade and a half of tweets out there in the universe and now elon musk owns all of them oh god all of them <laughs> i can't decide if this is amazing or horrible, horrible. but it's twitter we're here for it's it twitter. <laughs> yeah. it's twitter you know what it don't matter i love how he's just like how much does it cost and he literally asked someone two years ago someone said you should buy twitter he goes how much does it cost and eventually he was told $44 billion, and he's like, cool, where do I sign? He had a pretty where do I write the checkout to? Hilarious tweet about buying Coca-Cola, too. I don't know if you guys saw that making the rounds. Yeah, so Just go look at it. I'm, uh, yeah, go, I'm yeah. going to put the Coke back in it. It's, it's <laughs> I got a pretty question, incredible. Though. And this is going to sound like a stupid question, but it's it comes from a sincere place. 
$44 billion. What is, I mean, that number is so monstrous. I can't even fathom it in my head. Like if you said 44 million, I'd be like, okay, that's a lot, but I sort of can like 44 billion. What, what is that? Yeah. So I, I'm going to speak without any knowledge here because I have not done any sort of digging or research on this, but I think the reason why this is happening is because he's drastically overpaying for it, right? I mean, it, it started off as like, sure. I'm going to buy Twitter, and I, I'm going to get on the board, and I'm going to buy Twitter. And then and then within like three weeks, it progressed to, oh, he's he's buying Twitter. It, it's, it's not like a six-month thing or back and forth. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe someone in the YouTube comment section. But I don't think Twitter is worth, well, it is now. It's worth $44 because someone decided it was. It's worth forty-five billion yeah. now. But I don't think if there was an actual, if it was actually up for sale to to go private, I don't think it would go for forty-four billion dollars if Elon Musk wasn't the one that wanted to buy it. Right? He sees the value in wanting to. He thinks Twitter is the is the town hall of the world, and it's a place where you should have the freedom to discuss whatever you want, and there should be more features. And so, I do like the idea of more features. It just feels like like why isn't there an edit button? Give me a damn edit button. Well, you you have an edit button if you have like the premium version yeah, of Twitter. Yeah, Twitter right? Blue or something. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not not no. doing that. Not doing that. Oh, there's such a thing. I didn't even know. Yeah, that. They, you can get it now. It's it's like called Twitter Blue. Blue. I got I got YouTube season Red. tickets. I got streaming services. I have so many monthly payments. I'm not a lot of Twitter. money. <laughs> and you and it's all going through for Dex right yeah, now. Yeah, I got, I, I'm moving to a new apartment here in in five weeks. I got a vacation too in mid June. There's a lot of things that are whoa, whoa, that's what whoa, credit cards are for. They're not real money. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you guys will be without me. Judd hasn't taken a vacation in like four years. No. No, no, no. July, I got to be off for like three days for my my niece is, is going to get days. married in mid July, but that's about it. Or two days. I don't know. I that's was told be I have off to take for the time off, days. and I'm looking forward to Judd's it. like, I'm going to be off for a few days in three months. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, we'll still send me an evening, Judd, from the hotel. I'll join you from my hotel. Room. It's not like I can't do that. That's the great thing. Evening, Judd here for Surly Brewing Company. <laughs> Oh, damn straight. I'll be doing Surly. In fact, you know what? I'm taking Surly to the wedding. Oh, God. Morning, Judd. I'm waking up with a wedding hangover it. here. Yeah. And I got some takes oh, on God. the wild and free agency. God. <laughs> All, right. All right. Let's do it. Old tweets exposed. All right. So, combed through. Uh, with it. It's the NFL draft, obviously, today. So, I, I combed through some stuff. And, uh, boys, it's a Christian Ponder-themed edition of Old Tweets Exposed. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. I don't like the sound of this. I'm still blocked by his wife for reasons I do not know. At no point did I ever go after Samantha Ponder. But I think we found out, by we I mean like other media members and just Vikings Twitter people, that she probably had a feed, like a search feed open of, of yeah. Christian Ponder. And she just would go through and block people that would tweet bad things about Christian Ponder. We'll see if one of these was, you know, a catalyst for getting blocked. Oh. Gosh. Let's start with Judd Zolgad here from the 2011 season. It's a okay. column from Judd. Christian Ponder gets oh, it. And because of that, he has the potential oh, to become oh, one no. of Minnesota's no. most popular no. athletes. My column. My column. No. Okay, I can't rip you too much because I remember one time when Roycey was out and they gave, you know, they gave me, all right, Roycey's out, Mackie, it's your show today. And I led the show for 15 minutes one day, raving about my experience the night before I, I hosted, I emceed an event with Christian Ponder the night before at a casino in front of he's some Vikings guy. fans. And I, and I led the show the next day saying, man, he's just a get it guy. Just a, he's a great guy. He yeah. gets it. He's a, he's, he's going to be a great leader. <laughs> Just ridiculous. It's interesting, Bill Mackey, because July 27, right 2012. <laughs> I think there Christian Ponder no. gets it. Do no. you? No. No, I One still retweet. I, now, that's bad, but that's not nearly as bad as mine. Mine is career ending. I, I'm i pontificating here, kind of saying, gets, yeah, I'm kind of saying, I think I know. What do you guys think? And you're saying say, he gets it. And the most popular and, Minnesota athlete. Yeah, most popular. Yeah. I made a ass of myself. Oh, boy. That's probably the most wrong Judd has I've, been in the history of old tweets exposed. That that might be the most incriminating oh, oh, tweet of God, his entire career. That was career career suicide. Declan just brought it to me oh, right there. Boy. Thanks, Dex. Uh, Good job. A nice blend of random Viking of the week, which we did on Purple Daily today, and also old tweets exposed from Dex tweets here. 
July 22nd, 2012. Jarius Wright and Greg Childs are going to be a fun duo to watch this year with Christian. I was That's nothing. Greg Greg Childs, the the duo to watch there were his, his right and left knees. Yeah. Did Greg Childs spell his name with two Gs? No, probably not. <laughs> okay. No, not at all. Okay. Did, Greg, I did Greg Child spell his name with four H's and an X? <laughs> no, it's just Declan. No, it's just, just me. I sincerely, honestly. Okay. It's me. Yeah, it's 100%. That is one of the most embarrassing. <laughs> nice job. Good wins. Yeah, yeah, so I was. Oh, man. All right, that's a wrap. Mackie and Judd, we're going to have, I'm guessing, a very Vikings-centric edition of Feedback Friday on tomorrow's show, depending on what they do or don't do in the first round of the draft tonight. And uh, we'll see some of you guys, or hopefully all of you, as many of you as possible, at Surly Brewing Company for the Surly Purple Daily Vikings Draft Party tonight. Rain, shine, cold, warm, we don't care. We're rocking it, baby. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.